Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, April 5th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. I'm traveling this week, so this is another pre-recorded episode of the Friday Gold Wrap. I'm actually out on the left coast, hopefully enjoying a little bit of sunshine. So I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. But there are already a number of things worth covering in the news this week. Something that just caught my attention as I was getting ready to record, oil prices hit their highest level so far this year on Tuesday. Brent crude is approaching 70 bucks a barrel. There is concern that more sanctions against Iran and further Venezuelan disruptions could deepen an OPEC-led supply cut. Now, this is an interesting development that Peter Schiff has been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Low inflation is one of the excuses that the Federal Reserve has given for reversing course on interest rate normalization. And one of the prime reasons price inflation has been tame is the relatively low price of oil. In fact, the folks at the Fed have even talked about the fact that oil prices have come down and this will continue to be a headwind against inflation, or so they say. So even as the Fed is assuring us that inflation is in check because oil prices are low, Oil prices are shooting up. Even before this latest surge, oil prices were up 33% on the year. A few weeks ago, when crude was at 60 bucks a barrel, Peter said he could easily see $80 oil this year. Well, we're already halfway there from when he said that. Imagine how high it could go if the dollar rolls over, if we start seeing dollar weakness. So the price of oil is definitely something worth watching. We got another bit of economic data that doesn't bode well this week. Retail sales in February were down 0.2%. Now, that's not a huge drop, but analysts were actually expecting a 0.3% rise, so it was a big miss. According to the Commerce Department data, households cut back on purchases of furniture, clothing, food, and electronics and appliances, as well as building materials and gardening equipment. Now, there was a little bit of good news in the numbers. The Commerce Department revised January sales up to 0.7%, but that was nowhere near enough to make up for the dismal December. CNBC said this is, quote, the latest sign economic growth has shifted into low gear. But hey, the economy's doing great, right? Here's another little warning sign for you. If you listened to last week's podcast, I told you that the yield curve on U.S. Treasuries had inverted. The yield on the 10-year fell below the yield on the 3-year for the first time since 2007. You know, the cusp of the Great Recession. Inverted yield curves have historically been an early warning sign signaling a recession. Well, now we have some more bad news from the bond market, this time on a global scale. The amount of government debt with negative yields has vaulted back above the $10 trillion mark and now makes up a full one-fifth of the global bond market. Yep, the amount of debt trading at nominal yields below zero has hit $10.7 trillion. That's nearly double from a low of $5.7 trillion just back in early 2018. The Federal Reserve's sudden policy reversal and the Powell pause has pushed yields lower worldwide. According to the Financial Times, the Federal Reserve's unexpectedly downbeat outlook exacerbated concerns over the health of the global economy and sent investors scurrying for the apparent safety of sovereign bonds. 
Now, this is basically a function of supply and demand. As people are starting to get antsy about the global economy, more investors are seeking the safety of government bonds. The higher demand for bonds pushes their price up. Inversely, yields fall. I thought this quote from a Bank of America analyst was pretty telling. Investors are starting to ask what the Fed might know about the economy that the market does not. Hmm. Maybe some investors are already starting to question Powell's BS reasons for reversing course on interest rate hikes. After all, we aren't anywhere near normal. 2.5% ain't normal, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows this. What they don't seem to get is the reason it's not normal. And as Peter has been saying, the Fed sure as hell isn't going to tell the truth. You're not going to see Powell march out and say, we've stopped raising rates because the economy is imploding due to all the debt that was accumulated while we kept rates so low for a decade, and now we can't raise them. And we can't continue to shrink the balance sheet either because the budget deficits are blowing out of control. Yeah, you can file that under things central bankers will never say. Of course, it's not just the Fed. Last month, the European Central Bank relaunched a crisis-era bank lending program. Meanwhile, the yield on the German 10-year bond dropped below zero as the country's economy appears to be on the cusp of a recession. Late last year, the ECB announced the end of its QE program. The central bank's QE purchases totaled somewhere in the neighborhood of 2.6 trillion euros. The bank also pushed interest rates below zero. So what did the EU get for all of this stimulus? Well, not a whole lot. I'll link to an article in the show notes page that highlights the results of all of this European QE. So here's the $64,000 question. Why are people pouring money into negative yielding bonds? At some point, they're going to have to figure out that losing money over time really isn't a great investing strategy. Perhaps at that point, they'll turn to precious metals. Pundits often not gold because it is a non-yielding asset, and yet gold actually outperformed the S&P 500 in 2018. Holding a yielding asset that is yielding a loss isn't helping your portfolio. The growing pile of negative yielding debt is yet another sign we are hurtling toward a crisis. At some point, people are going to start figuring this out. I also wanted to touch on something Peter mentioned in one of his podcasts that got me to thinking. Peter mentioned that the GDP in 2018 was the same as Obama's best year. That got me curious, so I did a little bit of number crunching. Here's the ugly truth. The Trump economy isn't any better than the Obama economy, and in some ways it's actually worse. The final revised GDP numbers for the fourth quarter of 2018 came out uh, last week. Uh, growth came in at 2.2%. Now, this was a downward revision from the initial estimate of 2.6%. With the downward Q4 revision, 2018 economic growth ended up below President Trump's 3% target, actually coming in at 2.9%. To put that into perspective, this equals Obama's best year. He had 2.9% GDP growth in 2015. There have been several quarters with GDP growth above 3% since Trump took office, but this was also true during Obama's tenure. Trump's best quarter of growth came in Q2 2018, and that was 4.2%. Obama's best quarter was in the second quarter of 2014, when GDP came in at 5.1%. So 
if you look at all of these, and I'll actually put a link in the show notes page uh, to quarter by quarter GDP growth, and you can kind of see how it has gone over the last several years. When you boil it all down, economic growth under Trump has roughly mirrored growth under the best years of Obama. But here's the glittering difference, the expansion of debt. In fiscal 2015, Obama's best year for economic growth, the budget deficit totaled $439 billion. Now, this is a big number. But the budget deficit in 2018 was even bigger, $779 billion. To put things into an even more stark perspective, the Trump administration ran an all-time record deficit of $234 billion in February. That's more than half of the 2015 entire budget deficit. So basically, the economy under Trump achieved an identical GDP growth number as it did under Obama, but the federal government ran 77% higher deficits in the process. Now, I'm not saying all of this to praise Obama. I can't stand the dude. His spending levels were through the roof through much of his presidency. The Obama administration posted three consecutive years of $1 trillion-plus deficits. What I'm trying to do is point out that Trump isn't doing any better. He has not rescued the economy, as so many of his supporters seem to think. And the federal government is spending money at an even faster clip under Trump than it did under Obama. Remember, in February, the national debt topped $22 trillion. When President Trump took office in January 2017, the debt was at $19.95 trillion. That is a $2.06 trillion increase in the debt in just over two years. Now, like I said, Obama was no spendthrift. But do you know what the big difference here is? The federal government ran trillion-dollar deficits under Obama during a recession. That's not to excuse him, but generally during a recession, you expect bigger deficits. Right now, the economy is supposedly booming, right? And yet the government is piling up debt as if we were in the midst of a major financial crisis. I said this last week, I am not an Obama apologist. I'm certainly not a spokesperson for the Democratic Party. The point is, the economy is not doing any better with Trump and the Republicans at the helm. Republicans need to face reality and quit pretending that it is. And you folks need to hold your party accountable for all of the spending and debt, just like you would if there was a Democrat in the White House. The bottom line is this. The economy is not growing. The debt is. And it doesn't matter who is in power in D.C. We know Democrats will spend us into oblivion. The Republicans, at least they feign fiscal responsibility. But the truth is, they spend just like Democrats when they are in office. We can't depend on politicians to save us. We can't depend on the central bankers to save us. That means we'd better prepare ourselves for what is heading down the pike. Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist, they can help you with that. Just dial 1-888-GOLD-160. They can give you more information on what's going on with the economy and with the precious metals market and how gold and silver can help protect your wealth in the midst of a crisis. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. Make sure you check out the latest It's Your Dime interview with Bill Green. He is an expert in constitutional tender and sound money, and he is also the man who voted for Ron Paul. 
in the Electoral College during the 2016 election. Yes, he was a faithless elector. So check that interview out. It is also at shiftgold.com news, and I'll link to it on the show notes page. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to this podcast over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show notes page for that as well. And if you're listening on YouTube, as I always say, share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. We're always happy to hear what you have to say. So again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you again next time.